welcome to the Good Fail podcast, a guide from creatives on not giving up. I'm Merle, illustrator and founder of card and stationery company Merle Made Tales. And I'm Abra, writer, actor and hand letterer. We're bringing you a different perspective on what it looks like to succeed in the creative business and life in general, as we navigate our own lives as creators and the struggle to keep going in the face of apparent failure. Every episode, we'll be delving deeper into our darkest fears surrounding failure and learning that we can not only survive failure, but succeed at it as well. So come join us doing the good fail. We want to give a regular shout out to the patrons who are supporting us to make this show and do the good fail. The value of what you offer us is so utterly breathtaking in its scope. If you want to join us on Patreon, then you can do so by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash the good fail. And a heartfelt thank you to Iuna and Diana who have already done just that. Now, on with the show. Hey! Hey! Today, we want to ask whether our low self-esteem is impacting on how well we can do the good fail and what we can do to remind ourselves that we are all awesome creations. That sounds so life-affirming. I can't wait to get into it. But first, how have you been failing this week? Well, we have a joint failure. A joint massive (laughs) Big, chunky failure. Yeah, kind of all flat on your face failure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You may have noticed over the last few episodes of this podcast that we had a um, promotion going on on Patreon. Yes. We We were wanting to get some more people signing up to our Patreon because we are desperate to become... um, creatives earning a living from our creativity and yeah um we want to be making a monthly wage from we do from our we do we do from our creativity <laughs> we can't lie yeah we love we absolutely love making this podcast and doing all our creative bits yes. but we also need to earn a living we yeah and uh for me that means that i'm working part-time uh, at a local farm shop which is a lovely farm shop I'm gonna say which I love I love working there I love the people but obviously it takes time away from doing what I'm really truly my soul is meant to be doing yeah and for Merle it's she's ma- managed to be working full-time on her business but she's not getting enough money from just that yeah um to really be earning a good wage so with that in mind, we really wanted to try and encourage people to sign up to our Patreon. Yeah. Um, and we thought we had come up with the best idea for you guys. Yeah, so let's just say that we are not now turning around and saying, well, um, we failed because no one wanted to support it. Yeah, right. No, no, actually what we failed at was to come up with a promotion, a good promotion. Yes. Um, we are obviously big fans of our own show (laughs) (laughs) and fans of podcasting and so we thought it would be an excellent idea 
to give other people the opportunity to write us an episode of The Good Fail, which you may or may not, if you've been listening to previous episodes, have heard from our promotion and seen bits on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we launched this campaign with like a, you know, become a guest writer on our show and we got zero people. Zero, <laughs> zero update, guys. <laughs> I think that definitely is like, that's an, ob- an objective. Tale. <laughs> yes. That's but, not even like, oh, we only got one person. And yeah. then someone can turn around and go, that's a massive win. You got one person yeah. signing up. It's, it's like, just the, the, the way you're looking at it. You're looking at it from a, yeah. you know, a bad side. It's like, no. Objectively, we did like 100% fail. <laughs> yeah. At what we were <laughs> trying to do. In hindsight, um, we were having a conversation with our dad about two weeks into the promotion. And we were like, I don't know why no one's signing up, dad. <laughs> and he was, you know, he, he said, oh, what, what was your promotion or whatever? I can't remember how it went. And so we were explaining what we got, were wanting people to do and what we we're giving people the opportunity of doing. And he was like, wow, guys, that sounds totally intimidating. <laughs> That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, that's a lot of effort for somebody to be like, I, you know, newly come across this podcast, which is very new. I'm not 100% sure whether I'm on board with this. I might listen to a few more, I might not. They want me to sign up to write a whole, <laughs> whole yes. episode. Um, and, and we had written like a little template, so it wasn't going to be like you were left on your own, but maybe we also didn't make that clear enough. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of lessons that we can learn in hindsight <laughs> from doing this. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to be like completely open about this failure because I did feel slightly uncomfortable bringing it up. I My instinct was to just bury it and pretend like we never did it. Well, let's be honest as well. After having this conversation with our dad, like we say, about mm. two weeks into a three-week promotion, <laughs> we then promptly did nothing else with the promotion we kind of buried our heads in the sand a little bit and went oh god we've got this so wrong (laughs) okay let's not try and salvage what we can in the last week yeah we just kind of ignored it it (laughs) yeah um yeah we we could have done work so then that was kind of almost like a second fail (laughs) it was like a second fail and I think just highlights the fact that we did feel so uncomfortable about it yeah um and we could easily have just not mentioned it now um but on the other hand it is so closely linked with what we're doing on the good fail exactly it felt like a very um I don't know like a clear metaphor for the good fail a clear metaphor for (laughs) sure and also just to you know show you we do the whole point of this podcast is that we are failing right along with you guys yes we are in this and one of the reasons we started this podcast in the first place was because we felt like there's just no one talking about failure while failing yeah you know most often failure is viewed in hindsight which gives it an awful lot of meaning Mm. and purpose but when you're in it it doesn't feel like that Mm mm-mm (laughs) <laughs> you cannot look at this failure and be like I um, I really appreciate or oh, it's hard to shall I say obviously yeah. it's hard to when you're in the midst of being like I really appreciate how much I'm failing right now <laughs> yeah yes this is making me a stronger person yeah. and is leading me to my goals <laughs> um, exactly <laughs> yeah. 
So this is why we are doing this podcast. Yeah. So it would be kind of against the whole ethos of the podcast not to mention. mention. Yeah. Our massive, our massive fail. Our massive fail. <laughs> um, let's just quickly round up with a few small wins this week. Oh yeah. They've been small. They have been far between. <laughs> and can I just relate this little story that literally happened about an hour ago when we were going okay uh what are we going to talk about for our failures and successes mm. and i was like well we know what we're going to talk about for our failure um let's just leave it at that this week and i was like we have to we have to come up with we've got time to come up with a small win and i was just like i don't want a small win <laughs> yeah I don't have any. I don't have any, all right? And I was there going, I don't understand. We always have small wins. Why can't you come up with them? I don't, I don't want a small win. I just don't want one, okay? I was really against having I just did not want to look on the bright side about anything. I just wanted to, to wallow in self-pity and despair. Um, so, Mal came up with a small win for me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to share it with you. Which is that um, I spent a bit of time working on a, a piece that I'm learning on the piano. We're both learning it. Mm. And um, I've learned a new section. <laughs> You've learned a new section. And what I just love about the piano, I feel like it is learning, well, certainly the way we learn, learn mm. new pieces on the piano, is a metaphor for life. Because um, we learn, them, learn it in small sections. Mm-hmm. And we have to basically laboriously work out each note and then um, start learning it by heart. Mm. And so when we start, our fingers are very unused to the keys that we're playing. And it doesn't ever feel like you're ever going to get anywhere with it. Yeah, each time you practice, you're just like, I can't, I just know better. I just don't know how I'm ever going to get good at playing this section. And I know I learned the rest, the beginning bit. Yeah. Um, and I've got really good at playing that, but I just don't see how I'm going to get to that point with this. And then every time we do manage to get better at that section that we just keep practicing. Mm. And it's a, just a metaphor for the good fail. It's just like, you just got to keep practicing, keep going, and yeah. you'll, you'll get better at that small section and you can move on to the next one. And I think an excellent metaphor, particularly for what we're going to be discussing in this episode. So oh, yeah. Teaser. Teaser. <laughs> um, I also have a very small win this week. Um, and oh, it's so cute. Oh. <laughs> Just thinking about it. <laughs> um, so, um, our dad has two cats, and we don't live with our dad, um, but he does live close by, so quite often we'll go over and visit him. Um, but his two cats are very against anyone that isn't our dad mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point where. I don't know, they probably think that we're the enemy, we're going to eat them, I don't know, but... Um, they have very negative thoughts about... <laughs> they have very negative <laughs> thoughts about people, apart from Dad. Anyway, um, so we very rarely see them when we come round, because they're always hiding, and um, the the girl, Hortense, has come out on occasion. She's a bit more confident. She is a bit brother. more confident, yeah. And I've managed to give her a little bit of a stroke. And I think if it's a Jane Austen lady, she kind of does circle circles of the room. Yeah. Um and um she'll just be like, You can look at me but don't touch. Yeah. Um You can notice how elegant and beautiful I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the boy Hildebrand we just stop and admire the name of the brand. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Um, 
just barely ever comes out. Quite often is hiding under the sofa mm-hmm. and we just never see him. Um, but my small win is that I'd gone round on a particular day recently and he actually won, even showed his face in the same room that I was in. <laughs> and then two came up to me and allowed me to stroke him. So jealous. <laughs> and I came away from that encounter just feeling so good. <laughs> Like, Hildebrand has just given me a new (laughs) lease of how wonderful I am. And the Academy Award goes to. I mean, literally, it was like he had kind of blessed me. It was like, you are a special one, Mel. I allow you to stroke me. And it felt really good. Yeah, I bet it did. (laughs) She says resentfully. Uh, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is my small win. Um, let's move on to the main topic of today. And start with the question, does low self-esteem affect how we do the good fail? Does it? Does it indeed? Well, I think we really set ourselves up nicely for this week's episode with last week's episode. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, which, can I just say, was also just kind of a bit of a fluke, really, because we did allow patrons to choose this episode. Oh my god, yeah, we didn't (laughs) even mention that. (laughs) What? Yes, this uh, topic was chosen by our patrons. You may have been afraid that this was going to turn into a film review show, which Uh, we did reference. (laughs) But luckily, our patrons came through for us. (laughs) We did not have to resort to that. Um, And so this is why we have got an episode for you this week. Mm -hmm. Um, And they chose... It was a close-run thing, can I just say. It was very close-run. Um, and I think goes to show that everyone needs different things in life. Yeah. Because there was a lot of variation in people's answers. Yeah. We gave them three options. And certainly at the beginning, everyone chose different options. Yeah. And so um, this was just got in by a hair's breadth. But yeah. um, it was self, self-esteem that run through. And um, it yeah, it just worked out very fortuitously for us because... I think it was set up so nicely by our discussion last week about, um, in fact, about self-esteem in a way, because we were we were talking about how low self-esteem can make us hypercritical and, and even vengeful upon ourselves. Yes. The effect being that we then don't engage with failure or the good fail. Yes. Very well. Yeah, because um, with when you're talking about being vengeful, it's quite like an active thing. You're kind of doing that to yourself. Yeah. And it's actually preventing you from having, um, stepping back and having a bit more of a dialogue. Yes. With failure. With failure. Yeah. Um, so without working on our self-esteem then, while working on the good fail, we are unable to... And we've come up with a handy list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things we are unable to do is give ourselves permission to do and be what we want. Yeah. We're also unable to build resilience, which we've mentioned in mm-hmm. this series of The Good Fail. And 
less likely to persevere which we've also talked about Mm -hmm. if we don't think that we're worthy yeah so if we're having if we have low self-esteem and we don't think we're actually worthy of um whatever we want we're aspiring towards Mm. if we don't think we're actually worthy of getting that then we're less likely to persevere we're more likely to say oh you know what what's the point yeah all in all to say that yes low self-esteem definitely does affect us doing the good fail yes how has low self-esteem affected us personally well let's just say that we definitely do both of us suffer from low self-esteem yeah and that this has held us back from opportunities in the past and probably will do in the future and yes the present as well present yeah this is all all going on all the time um I definitely um, have noticed it and can I've, I've seen the effects of it over the years. For instance, um, my whole attitude with my acting career mm. has been a battle with self-esteem the entire way. Um, I want to say that I was always, I was super confident when I was in school that I was an amazing actor and deserved to go mm. on to mm. um, get into drama school and, and you know, go on and have an amazing career in acting. Mm. But I, I actually think that there was always a part of me that didn't really believe that I was going to make it. Um, and then certainly, then I started getting knocked back from drama schools, got knocked back from university, guys. I mean, how <laughs> get into university um for an acting course yeah um and so i've ended up having this relationship with acting where i'm like i just need to give this up i'm totally deluding myself it's stupid to think i could get anywhere i'm obviously not good enough Mm. i'm never going to think about acting again i'm just going to focus on something else and then something will happen i'll go and see a play um i'll i'll take a class and suddenly i start to feel inspired again and like remember why i always wanted to do acting because i feel so alive when i'm doing it and and watching it um and i just want to be and you know get up onto the stage um and so then i'll start kind of investing a bit more into it and thinking yes i you know, I should put myself forward. I should push through this. I should follow my dreams. Mm. And then um, I'll come up against the obs- the inevitable obstacles and I'll start thinking, what's the point in carrying on? I'm obviously not going to be good enough. And it starts that down that spiral again yeah. of thinking that I should give up. Yeah. Um, and that's really just an ongoing thing. <laughs> yeah. I have noticed that that's the pattern now, but um, I have still find myself in those in that pattern (laughs) yeah um certainly for myself um where it's affected me and my business is that I just generally operate from the assumption that no one's gonna like me Mm -hmm. or that I'm just not good enough for whatever I'm trying to do which just makes things a lot harder when you're assuming. It means I just don't put myself, I know that I don't put myself forward for opportunities that I see because I just make the assumption, well, 
that would never happen for me. They wouldn't pick me if it's for, you know, uh, some kind of mm. competition or something. They've never picked me for my work because I'm not good enough. Um, and, um, or, you know, whatever the, whatever the situ- situation is, you know, just make yeah. up whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. The resulting conversation in my head is, well, I wouldn't be good enough for that. Or I'll think of something, oh, maybe I could do this for my business and that would push it forward. And then I think, well, whatever it is, they probably wouldn't like me and it wouldn't work out or mm. no one would like that and I wouldn't be good enough to do that. You get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also then on the occasions where we have put ourselves forward for things um, mm. and kind of put ourselves out there, when it hasn't, we haven't got picked, that's... That's confirm- all the confirmation we need that we are totally useless, talentless people. <laughs> yes, and we are all the things that we tell ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, so, yes, those are the ways that it's affected us personally. And maybe you can see why um, we think self-esteem <laughs> affects the way you engage with, with a good fail and, and getting anywhere in life. Yeah. Certainly how self-esteem has affected how we operate Yes, is that we are working on a self-preservation basis. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah, so that we, we feel like if we don't try at something, we don't have to experience what we feel is inevitable rejection. Yeah. And failure. Yeah. And we've managed to pretty convincingly convince ourselves mm-hmm. that we definitely will fail. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that and and that obvious that that then starts to shape our reality because yes. then we don't give ourselves an opportunity to actually succeed. Yes. Uh, because we have convincingly enough written this narrative in our head that we will always fail. Yes. Now, at this point, maybe it's a good time to introduce the concept of the inner critic. I think this is the perfect time. (laughs) Yeah. So, Um, do you want to start with that? Yeah. Um, I'm happy to jump in and uh, express undying love for another book Mm, that we have. So many. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This one is written by Tara Moore and it's called Playing Big. And it introduces the concept of the inner critic, which is essentially this inner voice that we've been talking about, the one that um, is kind of shaping our reality and making us believe that we will inevitably fail. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, she has this to say about what she has termed the inner critic. I'm giving you a quote. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is what it's leading into. We don't need to have had particular life experiences to develop a harsh inner critic. We're hardwired for it. The inner critic is an expression of the safety instinct in us. The part of us that wants to stay safe from potential emotional risk. From hurt, failure, criticism, disappointment or rejection by the tribe. I think that pretty well sums up what we've just been talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and all those feelings that self-esteem brings, low self-esteem brings up in us. Yeah. Um, and I certainly read that and could 
well identify with everything that she was saying yeah um when it when we initially read it and then afterwards when we brought up the quote again i was like yeah yeah that rings <laughs> true yeah <laughs> um but um interesting the way i think what i think what's interesting about the way um tara moore looks at it is um kind of giving it um a separate identity and in the book her mm. book playing big she walked you through the process of creating a fully fleshed character and personality for our inner critics yeah um completely from a name appearance a whole backstory um and i think that's um that's what's useful and that's what we want to discuss particularly in this yeah the idea that that the more we separate ourselves from the inner critic uh, the more it's actually going to help us um not listen to it yes exactly can we explore then the link between low self-esteem and the inner critic more yes i think we should (laughs) (laughs) um but first let's start by understanding the voice of the inner critic oh yeah and actually if you have read susan jeffers book feel the fear which we recommended to you guys all the way in season one yeah i believe then you might already know the voice as the chatterbox because she definitely talks about this same inner voice yes she does and i think the chatterbox is also a good name for it um because um one of the i think one of the characteristics of it Mm -hmm. that you may experience is that the voice is pretty constant and repetitive yes and it speaks in very black and white terms Mm -hmm. so it doesn't it doesn't say maybe this or you know like you could look at it this way (laughs) yeah it's like a thing is like this yeah exactly like you are such a failure yeah oh my god you're fat yeah you are so fat yeah it's just completely black and white yeah um it's often or i would say always not based in reality or actual evidence yeah so it has no interest in um looking at what the given situation circumstances are it's only interested in telling you what it is trying to get you to believe yeah that that self-preservation thing yeah so it just wants you to see that you're a failure so that it can help help you preserve preserve you yeah it doesn't want you to enter that uh sewing competition yeah (laughs) so it's gonna tell you it's not gonna tell you um you know how much you've always you've progressed in your sewing how much um people come and and have admired your sewing when you've done anything for them it's not going to use any of that evidence that you're a good sewer it's going to tell you you know you've never done anything like this before so you're just going to make a fool of yourself if you do it you know that you're gonna you always fall over your feet like Hmm. you're just gonna fall flat on your face now if you do that like literally fall on your face if you go onto tv like or whatever yeah and just make a fool of yourself and nobody's gonna like yeah yeah Okay, um, I was imagining this instant that you were going on to the Brit- Great British Sewing Bee, by the way. <laughs> it just popped into your head. Yeah, <laughs> that was my, that nice. was my inner story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the, as we've kind of 
briefly touched on already. Mm-hmm. The motive of the this inner voice is to keep us safe. Yes, it's come. It, it's essentially it's come from a good place. It doesn't want you to mess up. It doesn't want you to look stupid. It doesn't want you to get hurt. It doesn't want you to feel bad. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it wants you to avoid anything where that might happen. Yeah. So it may have already seen us being knocked down in the past and it wants to avoid those same risks. Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, it lumps all risks into one category. So it can't distinguish kind of a good risk from a risk you've already taken. Yeah. Exactly. Everything essentially is bad, hurtful and unnecessary. And as we've already said, there is no logic. No. You know, that's... Yeah. Evidence that there's no logic. Yes. Exactly. So, essentially, after all that, the inner critic wants... Or not wants, but... It's very happy for you to have low Mm self-esteem because the low self-esteem stops you from taking those risks that the inner critic is really not happy about. Yes, exactly. Then they're kind of working in tandem to keep you... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) to keep you down. So is it possible to build up our self-esteem by getting rid of the inner critic? I mean, the inner critic seems to be the problem here. It does. And I think recognising that we have an inner critic is maybe a first step. Yes. But I don't think it's possible to completely get rid of the inner critic. I, the voice is so strong. And I, for me personally, uh, and I imagine it's the same for other people, that it's just, it's so ingrained in us, that driving inner incessant voice of don't do that don't do that i don't think you should do that don't do that don't do that um that the idea of getting rid of it completely is so tantalizing um i can i just i can't imagine how you could get rid of it no and i also don't think that that's what tara moore is advocating when she brings up the idea of the Mm. inner critic um, it's much more, as you say, about recognising the inner critic mm-hmm. and building up this character for it and making it something very separate from yourself is the key rather than just completely getting rid of it. Um, separating that voice from our own lessens the chance that we might end up being mean to ourselves Yes, because I think that's that is a kind of a pitfall when you start off kind of learning to recognize this inner voice mm. is that if you don't give it the character and you just see it as your own personal inner voice yeah. that's being really mean to yourself, mm. then by kind of saying, back off inner voice, you know, you're not good for me, I hate you, you can end up actually just kind of being mean to yourself and putting yourself down Mm. and also then berating yourself for having listened to this voice in the first place. Sure. So I think there is a real danger there that you can just end up being, like, doubly mean to yourself. Yeah. Um, Which I think is one of the reasons that um, in the book 
there is this um, this exercise of creating this exterior character and extricating the inner this inner voice from your own personality. Yeah. Um, so in terms of building self-esteem, your self-esteem up, um, as well as working on the inner critic, um, we have come up with a few other things that you can do to help yourself. Our, you know, long missed helpful tips and tricks section. Yes. I don't think we've had one of these for a while. <laughs> it's back, guys. Um, of course, the first thing on the list is to do the Taramore task. Yes, read read uh playing big and do this exercise yeah because i think it is um just essential for for helping yes just lessen the kind of wearying constant yeah uh little voice in your head telling you you should never try and be an amazing person yes uh, but remember that it does take constant practice. Yeah. So I think even even in the book, Tara Moore says this isn't a one-stop thing. You're not going to create your inner critic character and then from forevermore be able to instantly tell one when the inner critic is talking to you and then instantly be able to kind of um, stop the inner critic in its tracks and carry on as you were mm. um it takes constant practice to um one learn to distinguish when it is the inner critic talking and not yourself um and two then what steps you can take to lessen the power of what the inner critic is telling you yeah we had an incident only the other day when i was feeling really down about something or other and I was like, is this your inner t- critic talking? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe it is. And out loud, I was like, no, no. this is definitely <laughs> not the inner critic. It's me. Because there is, you know, you don't, um, sometimes you kind of don't want to recognise it or you, um, it's not easy to step out of that voice. Yeah. Even though you can theoretically identify it, it's not easy to step away from that voice and be like, I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. And choose not to listen to it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's constant kind of practice and sometimes it's really not easy. Yeah. Um, but you just got to keep kind of plugging away at it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the other, number three on our list is to be honest about where you are today with yourself. Yes. This. Uh, we definitely nabbed this one from Instagram. We saw a post about this. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But completely 100% relates to what we've just been talking about. Um, one thing that I think is a really good... Is definitely a really good thing to helping you um, build up self-esteem is to work with affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not dissing... We're not, we're not dissing those at all. But I think sometimes it's easier to look in your, yourself in the mirror and tell yourself these affirmations than other days. For sure. There are some days when you're just not feeling it. No. Um, you don't feel awesome. You don't feel like you can conquer the world. You feel really tired and like you just want to sink down under the duvet mm-hmm. and um, never get up again. Yeah. And I think 
we want to cultivate the idea that that's actually okay. Yes, for sure. You shouldn't then stand in front of the mirror and like beat yourself up like why why don't I feel I can conquer the world I'm such a bad person yeah like that completely counteracts the affirmations um so we think Instagram thinks which is why we now think it I don't know um that you need to pick the affirmation that is right for you yes so for instance you might say on a day when you're feeling quite good I am confident in who I am and that will really ring true but maybe on the days when you're not feeling as much you could say I am working towards being confident in who I am Mm -hmm. and that is also okay yeah doing the work is part of the process yeah doing the work is the I was going to say, is the work? <laughs> well, doing it, the work is is the thing. It's proof that you do have confidence in who you yes. are. And you do believe that you are worth putting that time into. Um, so you're not, it's not like, um, you know, a get out of jail free card. Like in yoga, quite often, we Mal and I use YouTube a lot for yoga classes. And quite often... Um, the teacher will say, it doesn't matter what the pose looks like. It doesn't have to look like my pose. Just as long as you're getting the stretch, yeah, you're doing, you're doing the pose while right. you're working towards towards the pose. Yeah, you're still doing, doing the pose. Yoga, yeah. yeah, and you're still doing the pose. Yeah, um, as yeah. So I think that's the the kind of the metaphor for that. Yeah. I guess. We love ourselves a good metaphor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you may have noticed. Was it on the last one? I can't remember. <laughs> um, okay, so our final one then. Mm. Final number four on tips and tricks um, for helping to build your self-esteem is get a little uncomfortable. What? No, <laughs> really? It's good. good idea to ask yourself what is holding you back from feeling completely awesome about yourself. Hmm. <laughs> um, and once you've done that, I think you've come up, you've found out kind of what the reason is behind what is stopping you feeling awesome. And then I think the question is, why do I still think this? Hmm. And I think sometimes this has been suggested to me <laughs> and I I really like want to just like close my ears and be like la, 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 la. <laughs> no 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 that's not true not listening not listening mm. um but uh on further reflection I've then been like yeah you know maybe that's, that's probably that's, that's, true. that's probably yeah. true <laughs> it's sometimes there is something that we are getting out of staying in that narrative of low self-esteem that we don't want to give up. Hmm. Such a horrendous thought to have that you might be, you mm-hmm. know, fat, cruel to yourself. <laughs> it's really, un- yeah, it is an uncomfortable one to contemplate mm-hmm. and to think about. You, It just seems like, no, why would I want to stay there when I'm obviously damaging myself? Yeah by staying in that place um 
but I think it's I think it's worth looking at and worth really investigating if that is the case in times like that. <laughs> I'm just thinking thinking about it now. Um, yeah, it's so it's a really hard one to admit to. Um, but I guess I do thinking about what we spoke about earlier about not putting myself forward for opportunities mm. um, and missing opportunities to move my business forward. And when you do put yourself forward and it doesn't work out, it being just confirmation for yourself that you, yeah, you were talentless in the first place. Yeah. What do I get out of that? Because like you say, on the face of it, it's like, well, I don't get anything out of that because I just feel miserable. Yeah. What, what I get out of it is a horrible day. Well, yeah. I don't want to put myself through that. <laughs> Obviously, I want to succeed. Yeah. But maybe um, it kind of relates to what we spoke about, was it last last week when we were talking about um, failure being um, often seen as a passive activity mm. um something that happens to you rather than being in control mm. of it and i think this is a really uncomfortable one to admit um <laughs> but i think there is something i get out of almost feeling worthy for being a victim yeah and i feel I feel like there is something about that in society, which is also a thing. I definitely noticed a long time ago with all um, these reality um, competitions, what are they mm. called? You know, like X Factor yeah. and um, Britain's Got Talent and things like that, um, that there was, um, everyone was always having to pull out the sob story mm -hmm. um, and it kind of idealised the victim in a way. Um, because the more of a sob story you had, the more worthy you were of mm. um, being talented. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I don't know if it's come from that, that kind of um, idealisation of the victim, um, which sounds a bit... I don't want that to sound throwaway, because there are genuine victims in the world. And I think what what it is, is it's really just relating to your own personal journey. If you're seeing that on the outside, actually that is then translating into a personal journey where actually we then feel a sense of worthiness from, from victimhood. being victims yeah. to circumstances. Yeah. So maybe I get something out of that. And then the other thing is, is that when I then try to take control, because we spoke about how we then try to take control of failure mm. by then beating ourselves up about, about how badly we've done, I am then able to get a perverse enjoyment, I guess, out of being mean to myself. <laughs> I kind of feel like that 
that resonates for me in a way um, that I, by taking responsibility and being like, that was 100% my fault. Mm. I'm also taking a kind of fake responsibility for what I'm doing. It's not real responsibility because I think real responsibility is is quite empowering. Mm. But it's a kind of fake responsibility because I'm I'm showing that I'm taking responsibility because I don't really feel yeah. I don't really have to feel the burden of responsibility. Yeah. Um and I can just be like, yeah, that was totally my fault, guys. Yeah. I just feel like oh my god, I'm so ter- such a terrible person. And and maybe then I get I get to be the person who, like, is the worst. I'm the worst myself. Out, you know, I'm the worst, harshest critic. Mm. I get to have that, um, that power of being the person who is the, the harshest critic to myself. Yeah. And maybe even looking for someone in the background to be like, no, Abra, you're totally awesome. That wasn't your fault <laughs> at all. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, so then you get a little a champion. Yeah, exactly from the outside, um, and I am al- always looking for outside approval. Mm. I don't get it from myself very often. Mm. So ha- having those moments when someone is like, "No, you're great. You're totally great." <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, really. Oh, okay. So that just got a little bit off. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there was something in there that you were like, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's let's move on. (laughs) Yeah, let's move on to um, our conclusion. What can we conclude from all this? Wow. I feel like we rambled quite a lot and I hope we made some sense. Yeah, I do feel like we went off on a few tangents. Um, yeah, in the making in of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's try and conclude this um, in an interesting way. Um, we, I think, we often assume and put the most focus on the fact that having high self-esteem. There's a high self-esteem rather than low self-esteem. Yeah. So what you're working towards. Yeah. The reason you're working towards high having high self-esteem. Um, is that it makes us more likely to succeed. Mm -hmm. And we could even think, I have been guilty of this, Mm -hmm. that this, having high self-esteem, is almost like a secret key to success. Yes. You know, that if we only believed in ourselves enough, we'd be able to go into the world and do all the things that right now we feel completely afraid to do. Yeah, and I think for sure that helps. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is so, why we are working. Yeah, towards exactly. That That's why we're working towards it. We're not saying that you shouldn't. Um, we there is a legitimate reason to focus on that as a way of building self esteem and succeeding at life. Yeah, but I think sometimes what gets overlooked from that is. Um, the fact that maybe there should be also some em- emphasis put on how high self-esteem is also vital to failing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 
um, with a good dose of high self-esteem, we can more easily discern the true and more often than not legitimate reasons for why we failed or the reason for our failure. Yeah. And in the cases where we ourselves are at fault, we can realise that this doesn't actually make us an awful, terrible person. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's real, supposedly. Oh my God. Um, well, in all seriousness, I think this is where the, um, the inner critic comes in because yeah. being able to identify your inner critic then helps you to be able to see that you aren't that bad person and yeah. that you had legitimate reasons for failing mm-hmm. because the inner critic is telling you that you are bad yeah. and that you, there were no good reasons for failing apart from how bad you are. Terrible. Great. <laughs> so I hope that's rounded up all these like very disparate threads into yes, one in crystallized form. <laughs> what is our recommendation for this week? I love it when, well, I love it when the recommendation is super obvious. And yeah. sometimes I love throwing in a curveball. And I love that too, but I do also love it when... When it's just relevant it's and just right. relevant yeah. and, like, current and, like... Yeah. You can just be, like, I've read... I've listened to all this stuff that we've been saying and now I'm going to go ahead and read it all. Um, so, obviously, we're recommending Tara Moore's Playing Big. Yes. We actually haven't finished going through the book, so she gives a lot of different exercises for you to do. Yeah. Um, so, we're still working through it ourselves, but the work on the inner critic alone, I think, makes it worth a read. Yes. Should we mention that it's aimed at women? Probably should, <laughs> just, just in case any guy goes out there and is like playing big. And then what's the subtitle about um, how women can... Uh, a practical guide for brilliant women like you. Yeah. And you're like, eh? Uh, me. <laughs> um, so uh, it is aimed at women. And I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> but maybe you know, buy it for a woman in your life, mm-hmm. and then at least read the section about the inner critic. Suggest that you do some of the exercises together. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's relevant to everyone. It's relevant. That is relevant to everyone. I don't think sure. that. Yeah, um, unless only... guys out there are going to tell us. That they do not ever have an inner critic. This is your challenge. Are you going to come forward <laughs> and, admit, and admit that you do not have an inner critic? Maybe it is just women. I don't know. I'm making assumptions here. I'm assuming that everyone has an inner critic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but maybe that's not the case. Let um, us know. It's up to you to... Um, what's the word? Disillusion us about... Yeah. <laughs> about that um, assumption uh what's up in our next episode well next week is the last episode of series three. Oh wow that's come around quickly it has come around really quickly i can't even believe we're saying this yeah now. but having said that i do feel like it'd be good to have a little break yeah catch up on a few things and can i just say not as long a break as it was between mm. series two and three yes 
We hope. No, <laughs> it definitely won't be. Um, but do not fear, there is still an episode next week. Mm-hmm. And we will be bringing you a roundup of some of the things we've been discussing over the last year on this podcast. So that is over the entirety of all three seasons. Yeah, because actually what has quite conveniently happened is that the end of series three is kind of lining up with the beginning of series one last year. Yeah. Um, So we're going to be looking back. We're not going to be mentioning every single topic that we've covered, but we'll be mentioning topics from all three series. Yeah, as a kind of like, this is what we've learned so far. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, carry on being your awesome selves, people. Believe in yourself. And we do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to the Good Fail podcast, then you can find us on these other platforms. Abra is on Instagram at Pretty Messy Official. And you can find Merle on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Merle Made Tales. And online at www.merlemadetales.com. Together, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Good Fail. And we're also on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash The Good Fail. If The Good Fail speaks to your soul and you feel like you just get it, then why not consider joining our community over on Patreon, where you can get to know us more as creators and help us make more of these podcasts. Plus, find great extra content and possibly even get to listen to each new episode of The Good Fail a whole 48 hours before anyone else. Join us again on The Good Fail and thanks for listening.